Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host for today, Rich Polly, and joining me from behind the microphone is uh, Tim King. Hello there. Are you Tim? Hey, hey I go second. <laughs> also joining also joining me today is Thief of Wedge Antilles cards, Ben Hibbert. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's still in my box, it's technically not stolen. You just didn't collect it. <laughs> And also joining me, Thief of Skilled Bombardier cards, Liam Baker. <laughs> yep, guilty. Guilty as George, the bestest, biggest thief. No, you need to find a way to blame it on Rich. It's Rich's fault for not coming to us before he, he left the pub first. So that's his fault. <laughs> yeah, it's on you, mate. Yeah, you had, you, had it in the pub with, you had it in the pub with you, didn't you? You took it out of your case and brought it into the pub. I had it in my uh, pocket, ready to yeah. give it to you, and you didn't even yeah, ask for it. Sure you are a bad Richard. person, Richard. <clears throat> my is. case was in my bag, and my bag was with me. That is entirely on you. Okay. Okay, makes sense. So, um, fair warning to anybody that's listening is that Liam has been out day drinking, so um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a li- he's a little bit giddy. Um, so uh, apologies if he rambles uh, more than usual because he's normally quite quiet for the um, for the personality type that he's got. So <laughs> let's see, let's see what happens. It's going to be good fun. But we do actually have quite a lot of stuff to talk about today because uh, obviously we all went to um, the Board and Brum. Um, what is normally the Board and Brum monthly event, but this one kind of was like a store championship. So it was thirty-two players. Um, and we'll come back to that later on. Just a couple of things that I just want to talk about before that, um, because that's going to be the the bulk of the show. Um, so. Sith Taker League starts on Monday the 17th, is it, Ben? 15th, whatever I next Monday is. I think it's the 17th, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So next Monday the 17th. Uh, sorry, Sunday the 17th um, is when the first draw is going to be done. So if you are listening to this and you've not signed up yet and you want to, um, it's TTS. It's one game a week, but um, because it's not Swiss. Um, or is this one Swiss? But this one's um, It's going to be Swiss, I guess, but it's just... One, it's still one game a week, but it's more just for sorting. Um, it just makes it easy for me. But you can't, at- play, you can't play catch up on this one. Is the is the no, question? No. So you've no, got to commit to one one game a week on TTS, basically, um, to to do it, um, and it's free. Um, and if we get around to it, there might even be a prize for the person that wins the tournament, like we sometimes do. If that we sounds remember. like Rich is going to organise it. Uh, yeah, but we'll. Just um, turn Sean upside down and shake him until some money drops out of his pockets, and then send it to one of the aftermarket providers of things. And you know, here you go; you can have some stuff. Um, so that's that dealt with. Also, another online event that's just been announced is um, Hexald Gaming, who we're all um, big fans of, have announced their sixth Kyber Cup. Um, so. Again, it's an online event, TTS, one game a week. Um, it's a big um, locked lists, um, Swiss-style um, event with a cut, um, probably to 32. Um, it's free to enter with premium prize support, but you can do um, donations um, to cover the cost of the prize support um, as well. Um, and obviously, the more people make donations, the more stuff gets funded for price support so um, it starts off with you know a trophy and some stuff for the winner and a bit for the top table and then it goes all the way down to you know top 32 top 64 
participation stuff depending on how well it gets um how well it gets funded so um if you're interested in that look it up um they're on uh, the hexiled gaming discord or there is a kyber cup discord as well um so uh, and uh, if you're wanting that and you're listening to that and you us and you can't find it then give us a shout and we'll drop you a link over to their servers um so that you can have it um so yeah, that's Kyber Cup. Um, and then the next thing we're going to talk about is AMG did us a solid and released a spoiler today, um, where normally they release the spoilers the day after we record. Um, so we talk about them a week later. Sadly, it's a spoiler that somebody in Brazil released about two months ago. So it's the Rogue Class Starfighter with Cad Bane. Liam, <laughs> Liam. Yeah. How excited are you for this spaceship? I'm hyped. Like, <laughs> Cad Bane is just a cool character. Like, I was super happy when he turned up in... No, Bubba. Uh, in Boba, spoiler alert. And the fact they got the same voice actor and everything and gave him the same essence he had in Clone Wars, I was super hyped. And the fact that he's coming to X-Wing now in what looks to be a really cool-looking ship, I'm I'm happy. Well done, FFG. So this was an FFG product again, yeah. Um, So it's the last or second last of the FFG uh, stuff that was developed by the old game team, um, with the last thing being the clone Z95 um, that's coming as well. Um, So And then then everything after that, as far as we're aware, is um, is AMG um, stuff. So we're waiting to find out what the first of that is going to be. Um, We had one card spoiled. Um, which is Cad Bane. Um, and I'm just going to quickly get it up. I've got it up. It's an initiative four. It's got focus into boost or barrel roll, evade into barrel roll, uh, target lock, and then a red boost. Um, it's got two attack dice, two defense dice, five hull, two shields. And uh, after you perform an attack that hits, you may spend two charges to transfer one of your non-lock red or orange tokens to the defender and then it has a, a ship ability which is dead to rights which is while you perform an attack if a defender is in your bullseye defense dice cannot be modified using green tokens so same as a Kimagila. yeah so it's got only two attack dice rumor on the internet is that it's going to have some form of hard point possibly missiles maybe cannons um and then the proton cannon that was accidentally spoiled on the last points list before they took it off again um, is expected to turn up in this pack as a, as, a, as a new thing. It comes with two in the box again, um, and there are two different paint schemes as as is becoming the usual. Um, so one's obviously Cad Bane's paint scheme, and then one that's a bit more generic. Um, I, I think say, from Cad Bane looks awesome, doesn't it? It does look really good. Um, I, I mean that pilot ability on Cad Bane. There's going to be a lot of stuff in that about if you've got somebody dead to rights, even though it's a two dice attack and you hit them and they've already got a stress token, you then pass them a stress token because his actions are all leading him to end up stressed. Um, Good, you know, token into reposition things that he can then shoot at somebody and then pass them a second stress token to basically be like, right, now you're double stressed and I'm not stressed anymore, so I can K-turn behind you. and yeah it it feels very much like um a good bounty hunter ability because once he's got somebody kind of 
once he's hunting somebody down, he's going to be very, very difficult to shake off um, because he can just keep you stressed or double stressed. Um, J. Chris Tubbs meta, maybe? Probably not. Um, yeah, have you any thoughts on this one, Ben? Uh, no, it's. Um, I'd have to see what <laughs> sort of upgrades are, really, because um, two dice doesn't, it doesn't jump out at me at the moment. Yeah, I mean, seven um, health. I know, so I know there's going to be some shenanigans because they want to sell the new stuff, right? Of course. <laughs> I mean, it's got seven health, so as you said, five five hull, two shields, and two greens. So it's in and around the territory of a T70X wing, but with a slightly different profile um, in terms of survivability. Um, less shields, more hull, but um, there or thereabouts. Uh, it's a it's a T65, basically, in health, but with a, with a hull upgrade. So every T sixty five that's on the table at the moment, <laughs> just put a whole upgrade on there. It'd be fine. Obviously, um, it gets a lot better with that bullseye ability. Um, yeah. And anyone who's yeah. flown uh, some tier in the past is probably pretty good at getting that bullseye by now. Yeah. It's interesting. The issue with that is the uh, initiative four. What's that? Sorry, Lynn? The only initiative. The only issue with that is the initiative four. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, but with the number of the number of ships that are going to be on the table at the minute, which we'll we'll talk a bit about later after Board and Brum, um, he's going to get bulls out on something, isn't he? Well, I'm yeah. just thinking as well, like you know, with that ability uh, and the prevalence for like lots of ships to be stressing themselves for like you know bumping and taking you know the you know the red focus or whatever, um, he has the potential to go around and like double stress ships. Um, so that could be an interesting tactic because you've got lots of linked actions there. You don't even have to do advanced manoeuvres to, to, for CAD to be stressed. Um, and then, yeah, potentially yeah. he can pass over his stress token if he hits. And it's inevitable <laughs> to see that we're going to get a, uh, a title card, so we don't know what the title does yet. If he does, yeah, it's an, going to be an extra red dice, I suspect. But um, if he does uh, range zero attack, he stops people spending their green tokens on defence as well. Because he's not modifying the dice, he's stopping them from modifying the dice. Uh, that is a very good point, yeah. So just yeet him into stuff, do bullseye attacks, two dice. You can't modify your dice. What's happening? Oh. I, I did wonder why he's got a red boost when he has a focus linked red boost, but I guess that could be for like engine upgrade or something. But yeah, that allows him to take engine upgrade. Yeah. Um, as in, as just as a free action, but yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, you're because you'd always focus red boost rather than just red boosting because you're going to be stressed anyway. But I guess it depends on the strength of the make, make you spend points as well on something like so, just to sort of force you into spending that engine upgrade rather than just giving you the white one straight off the bat. You have to make a choice, don't you? Yeah, it's good. So that's that's Cadbane. That's it. There's very little else to say about it, I think. Um, he has a cool well, hat. Yeah, and um, <laughs> there's two in the box. There's two in the box, and uh, there'll probably be an article that releases more information about cards because the only other card they've spoiled in this is Notorious, which we've all already got because it came in one of the Razor Crest or the Gauntlet. It's also worth noting as well that it's another multi faction box. So you've got Scum and Separatist, which is, I quite yes. like that trend. Yeah. Um, yeah. I shall not be buying this because I don't collect either of those factions, and I will be very uh, sad. You've got a very, Mandalorian. Very sad. Uh, yeah, but that's because I love that. Um, and some Fang Fighters. You're a scum. You're a scum, right? Fang, Fang Fighters are in Rebel, so it's fine. 
You're just admit um, I am scum. I don't like <laughs> scum, but I am it. Um, <clears throat> okay, so that's the um, that's the other stuff that we wanted to really talk about. So particularly Kyber Cup and the Rogue Class Starfighter. So sweet. Um, so we went to Board and Brum at the weekend. Um, congratulations to Adam Freeman for running uh, or organising a great event, um, and to Tim for stepping up after round two to go yes i can do an event this size in my sleep of course you can go away and work at him yes i know it's the national so you can't get it off work um so yeah adam works in uh in in the in industry in well he works in it but linked to the um the, the gaming industry and the national obviously meant that he couldn't get the day off so having organized it and, and agreed to run it and i said to liam that he could play um adam then chipped off after two rounds and left him and you, you took your privileges didn't you tim you were like well i'm having a fixed table on table one absolutely <laughs> i have got to, before we go any further i've got to say a massive thank you to tim for stepping up and undertaking over the reins what? of course we had dan at boarding brum as well to do a few of the things but uh well, the obviously other, having that yeah. experience in the room is such it, it it's a privilege at that point i think well, we couldn't have the co-organizer drop out, you know, of his own event. That would have been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Imagine sensing that. a bit of sarcasm there, too. Yeah. So there was 32 players, which is great. Um, there was the um, the store owner was prepared with his four arc 170s to give anybody a game if we ended up with a buy, but 32 players signed up, 32 players turned up. Um, even after a drop, somebody filled in the gap. So um, it was great because it meant that everybody got four games. There was nobody sitting around or, or having a feels bad moment, um, which was fantastic. Um, in the end, it was won by a guy who really only played one and three quarters games of X-Wing, judging by the amount of rounds in the game. So well done, Liam. Thank you. You won your own I'm, event. Uh, <laughs> I know. Honestly, the only reason I played the event is because I wanted the coin. Yeah. In, in the uh, in, in the words of General Grievous, a fine addition to my collection on top of my uh, two store chat focus tokens. So let's just point out something. In your fa- in your four games of X Wing, you played thirteen rounds. Yep. And you had a two round game, two three round games, and a five round game. Yep. Now, you are a statistical anomaly. I have spent time going through things, so this is not common. You had two concessions, and thereafter, the two two-round games were concessions where your opponents basically said, can see the writings on the wall here. And was your three-round game, your fourth game, was that a concession as well? Uh, so I had three games that were concessions. Yeah. So these are statistical outliers, basically, because the games weren't played through to conclusion. Um, so... Um, but yeah, anyway, well done, mate. What um, what did you use for it? Because in a world where seven ship rebels and five ship republic um are kings of the hill, um, you took something different. Yes, uh, I don't ever want to kind of just take what the meta is, and you don't play the goodies. No, I don't. Uh, like I handicap myself. The only reason, the only time I would ever play Republic is if it's Anakin plus clones, because Order sixty six is a thing. Uh, but like I only ever really play three factions with an outlier of the fourth being Imperial. So it's Separatists, Scum, and in this event I took uh, FO 
uh, I felt that they were in the best place out of those three factions that I play. Yeah. Uh, up until the day before, I was going to be taking Mando, Manaru, Cadsolus, Gamut Key, and Ahav. But I did settle on my uh, six ship FO. Uh, just just because I thought it'd be a little more fun to play. Uh, I'd never used a Whisper outside of Kylo either, so I thought using Nightfall would have been a a nice little challenge and a just something I could uh, mm-hmm. enjoy, if anything. I'd only run it two, three games before. But yeah. I felt just running it in real life would be a bit of fun, to be honest. So, I mean, we don't need to go through your list um, in its entirety in, in great detail, but, you know, um, because it's easy to count to 20 in a lot of the different factions. But um, in in short, you had Lieutenant Revis in the TIE FO, Grudge in the TIE Bomber, um, Malarus in the TIE FO, Gideon Hask in the Z-Class shuttle with Commander Pyre, which is the important um, yes. thing to point out on that ship, um, Static uh, in the TIE FO, and Nightfall in the Whisper. Um, and basically then there's a, a set of loadout points there that allowed you to do um, a lot of threatened like front-end damage. So you had things like cluster missiles, proton rockets, um, and then you had an electro-chaff missile plus skilled bombardier on Grudge. So you had a lot of zone control, um, and as well as that, you had the ability to punch really hard with things like heavy laser cannons, rockets. So you had a lot of upfront um Joisting damage at reasonably high initiatives as well, so there are kind of fours, threes and fours, aren't they? They're not. You're not in the five and six territory. You're mostly fours, is that? Apart from Malarus, is Malarus a five? Uh, Malarus is a five, so it's a, a one in Revis, yeah. two in Grudge, and I've got three fours in Static, Hask, and Nightfall, and then Malarus just to top it off because yeah. she's a staple at three points. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, I mean, in in kind of in brief, looking at this, the the play is Commander Pyre stresses something to stop your opponent from being able to use that ship to do what they want to do, whether it's grab an objective or hurl themselves across the board to get a flank or something. Um, and then you kind of roll it across the board. Well, I say roll it, slam it across the board as quickly as you can to force engagement. While leaving uh, Revis behind to hold the objectives, I guess. In essence, yes. Uh, so the original list had one of the an other initiative four bombers, the one with the highest loadout. Uh, but with the middle objective playing so much of a big part <coughs> in the game, mm-hmm. I wanted to shut that off for my opponent. So if if I wanted for anything's area control, uh, I could get to the middle objective and the opponent's objective that i placed in turn one yeah so i would look at pretty much stressing the ship that was either a big damage piece which slows it down for two turns mm-hmm. or stopping them uh, contesting the middle objective and i'd always have a grudge in the middle uh, my opponent always seemed to place one big rock in front of it to block me but obviously i'll just go to the side of it and go right i'm getting there anyway so I'd do my pre-move uh, boost forward, then do a full forward, and then uh, movement maths and everything uh, coming into play. I'd be in range one of the middle objective. 
Yeah, it's pretty much impossible. I mean, it is possible if you use three big your three objectives and their three big ones to put a triangle that stops you from being able to get to range one of the middle objective. But there's normally a way by which it can be achieved anyway. Um, if you've got the kind of maneuverability that allows you to get there, um, you can normally do it if you really want to anyway, um, whatever yeah. they do with rock. But um, yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, interesting stuff. Um, I don't really want to ask you about the games that you played because I get the impression that, you know, three of them kind of, you put your opponents in a position out within two or three turns where they just thought, well, I can't win this. So I'd rather go and sit down and reset and do something else. So, yeah. Do you not it's... think that's more that they just didn't want to play Liam because it's not fun? Is possible. Um, I mean, it, it's highly likely. It does damage my enjoyment of the game. I spoke to Rich earlier, and he was like, I figured out why you didn't enjoy your games. Because in three of your games, you played a total of eight rounds or seven rounds. I was like, well, yeah. But I knew what I was playing for. My opponent did as well. And I just played my game, really not considering what my opponent was doing or could do. And from that point, I was just like, yeah, I, I've done what I need to do. My opponent was like, yeah, I can't, I can't do anything against this. I quit. So, so you, you, you set a puzzle, basically, and they weren't able to solve it. And because they couldn't solve the puzzle, you got in yourself into a winning position very quickly. Had they played but, it out, yeah. it would have gone to four or five turns because it would have taken time for you to press that advantage and they would have got more mission points. But they viewed it as being um, unwinnable at that point. So Yeah, in, in essence... I believe the uh, the term going around the X community is I obfuscated an, an advantage. So what I think what happened here is nobody knew what Pyre did. Nobody knew what electro chaff missiles with skilled bombardier did. And you um, did those to people. And then they went, oh, right, that's what that does. So the more people figure out that electro chaff missiles are actually really good. And when you put them on a bomber that can boost and then five straight them, or two bank them, or three bank them, or three straight them. It's basically very, very hard not to be hit by them, unless you know that it's coming, or you can, like, in an ETA2 or something, system phase reposition away from where it's going to be thrown to. Um, but at that point, you double stress because of pile? Possibly. Um, I mean, you're in trouble for with Pyre. It basically means you turn one, you can't take an action. And then you're locked to your blues for turn two as well. But from yeah. that point, you've, so Pyre is easy enough to play around. Um, it's an inconvenience, I think, with high ship counts. But um, yeah, Easy I, enough I, to play around is, I think, it does simplify it a little bit too much because of the shorter game lengths turn-wise. Uh, it shuts your ship down for a third of the game minimum. Yeah, so I mean, we, we'll we'll come on to game length because we've crunched some stats out of it um, over the course of the last couple of days. So we can talk about that. I have a quick chat with um, our other two contestants because um, I don't want to talk about myself. But I came seventh and went three <laughs> one and was quite happy. Um, but I lost my first game, so it was sad. Um, then Ben, you got uh, oh you got a draw. You came two one one. Yeah, I drew against um, Sutcliffe, running a very similar list to Liam, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I got caught out by the um, electro. What's it called? The the chaff missile. Chaff cloud. Sure. Yeah, because because I didn't realise what it did either. So Dave didn't have pyre. He didn't have the shuttle. He had a different. No. Um, he had ember, I think, in the in the, yeah. the TIE BA. 
um, to give more of a, a kind of an AC flanky threat than them. I'll give a shout out to Dave as well for that draw because um, I was considerably like, I was in the quite a dominant position and he just stopped for a minute and it's like, you're all right. And he's like, yep. I'm just looking at the ceiling and he's like, right. And he sort of sat down and figured out what he needed to do to try and win. Mm-hmm. Um, as it happened, it didn't quite win him. He got the draw, but I was still quite impressed with how he just took that moment out of the game rather than just pressing on with what his original plan was. Yeah. So he, he ended up one above you because yeah. his strength of schedule was marginally be- harder or better or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand. Um, so, um, so yeah. Um, and you flew Rebels, kind of a, a Rebel, kind of Alpha-ish kind of list. It was five ships, wasn't it? Yeah. It was uh, Magva, Yara, Wedge, Blount, Braylon, and uh, Derek. Yeah, and yeah. you were talking in the pub afterwards that Magva was like your MVP. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it probably helped me not like win a couple of games because they're just like re-rolling the one dice. You know, like if they're rolling a proton top, I wasn't too as scared as I probably should have been. You know, and I had one where he rolled um, a hit and a load of eyeballs, and he's like, "Oh, I'll re-roll that," and rolled. I only was able to re-roll the one dice into another blank and mm-hmm. obviously didn't have a focus. So, yeah, it was oh, good. The tyranny I, of single model proton torpedoes. Yeah. I did the really sensible thing as well of I'd been practicing a list to bring and then the day before I decided I didn't want to bring that anymore. I brought something different. Just change it. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's nothing. It's only, the only same ship that's still in there is Blount. Yeah, seems, seems, seems <laughs> usual. <laughs> So I learned quite a lot about my list throughout the day. Like I, I spotted some mistakes I made, and I think it's a good list, actually. Yeah, I was glad to get four <clears throat> solid games in with mine because I, I stole Nathan Idy's list from Adepticon because I was like, well, that's better than the thing I've been working on. Just changes a couple of pieces around. And I lost my first game because I made some specific moves uh, with Anakin in the Y-Wing. Um, and I had a chat with Dave um, Suckler, so I gave him a lift on, and we were chatting after... Um, after game two, um, and he it was like talking through the, the first game loss, and he said, um, "There's a lunch," and he just said, "Is it because you're chasing that shattering shot with Anakin uh, for, for like the opening engagement?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, I have been." And he was like, "Because maybe you don't want to chase it for the opening engagement. Maybe what you want to do is save those." for later in the game when everybody's a little bit damaged so you can initiative kill things and just float around and be a threat with your iron tor- uh, with your iron cannon with your you know I'm moving faster than you expect because I've got R4P and I've got afterburners um so I can kind of get behind your list and I can threaten you from other angles and stuff um and then if they turn in on him to try and deal with him then Obi can get behind them with his disgusting auto blaster nonsense um I, hate I was that like so much Oh, oh yeah, it's great. But I hate it, and I wouldn't want to play against it. But um, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where you're kind of looking at it and thinking, actually, yeah, I was chasing I was chasing it to try and get my thing off on and on the first engagement rather than getting my thing off on like turn five or six, where it actually melts a ship and gets you bags you a load of points. Um, so yeah, learning experience because after that, I started I played my last two games in that way. And they it, it really helped um, to just not get Anakin melted, and losing six points of a Y wing just disappearing was what lost me the first game. Basically, it was like there you go, have six points. <laughs> right now, now I can't win. Um, so cool. You definitely um, don't want to talk about yourself, do you? Though. 
I've, I've, that's it now I'm done I mean anybody anybody who listens to us already knows what that list is and what it does so we don't need to I'm only winding you up I know. I'd like to, just before you hit on Tim's list I want to hit on the second place which is a list that Tim possibly would have flown usually I think Tim said he had this sort of list in his bag didn't you the, um, uh, yeah, yeah. The, all the Thai advance yeah. night beast. Yeah, I mean, this is like the, <clears throat> I think that's literally the list I, I pretty much like posted up in our uh, like team chat like five ten minutes after they announced you know the new list building and points because uh, as you know I, I've I've always been a fan of uh, the, the Thai advanced and you know the fact that you can fit six plus night beast in a list is just ridiculous. <laughs> However, much like uh, you, I've, I've sort of, I, I feel like this is a good list. Um, I've, I have sort of played it once or twice, and it, it is good. Um, but I just sort of want, wanted to experiment at the moment, so I didn't want to play, uh, play with that. So uh, I have been flying a lot of Maul in the Gauntlet recently. That's what I flew at the weekend. And yeah, you know, perhaps if I wanted to, you know, have a bit more of a competitive list. I, I would would have flown uh, Thai Advance, but equally, I don't know if I would have flown this list uh, or that that list that finished second. Um, I've been playing around a few iterations. I think so, I'm going to try the Gauntlet next time we play, just because I've not used it yet. It's, it's, it's massive. On my, <laughs> it's, it's on my list of things to just bring down and shove around on a Tuesday night. So, I'll be I'll be honest with you. What I'm suddenly well, I, I'm sort of coming to the realization with large expensive ships is that they can swing your game so big like uh i have had like a couple of like real close games and and more online that i've been playing and, and stuff uh and then when they finally pop you know pop more they, they they shoot ahead and even if it was close you know and perhaps you could get to 2021 20, the last turn as soon as they pop that big ship and get eight points you, 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 so yeah, you, you, you kind of you know screwed as soon as you know your opponent gets to twelve points because I mean and and my maul is quite a defensive maul uh, with you know getting it reinforced five force uh, can take an evade with knight brother title uh, and even quill couldn't keep him alive in some games I think I managed to roll seven dice uh, one action uh, at the weekend um, and I think I. I do. I think I fixed two, two face down and three face up cards, but you still died. <laughs> um, so we'll point out that in our game for the Keeping It Fan tournament, Tim, the fact that you rolled uh, eight dice, got six evades and two blanks. Yeah, uh, I mean it won me the game. I think. Oh shit! Uh, I, I got one hit, so I got one. Yeah, one hit, one blank, and then got six evade tokens. Um, and yeah, like uh, I rolled eight dice, so like, yeah, like you said at the time, statistically, I should have fixed one of my face down cards. I was on yeah. one hull at the time, um, and in the end, it didn't really matter because Grudge just uh rolled three paints at range one and, and just deleted him anyway. Um, but yeah, it was you know, it's those games where you get a little bit of luck, and you know, you you, you know, perhaps perhaps I can pull it back and then. Uh, you know, I'm in a decent position there, but yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Like, there's lots of different ways to play the gauntlet. Um, I've been chatting to Scott from Hexard a bit, and I'm going to run a uh, Gar Saxon um, 
with Mando Optics and Moff Tarkin and Four Tie Advance tomorrow night. Um, so there's basically target lock shenanigans all over the place uh, with that. But I'm still not convinced that the Gauntlet is great in a competitive environment. Um, it may be like you know there will be people out there and maybe the child version was better i just found with the child version um i was giving two of my opponent's ships uh free target locks and because my opponent chooses who has it you know it's often you know they're they're you know best ships um so uh that's why i dropped the child in the end but i had fun like i you know i enjoyed it so my list was more in the gauntlet uh as it says five force um you had quill and title um uh, veteran tail gunner as well so occasionally i was able to get like a, a, you know sort of double tap shots uh we had gamut key um with some hondo for uh some more coordinating shenanigans uh manaru um i i tried the iron torpedo version um and maybe i, I would have been better with an auto blaster uh instead but that was just something to tinker with but um had the mandalorian crew with the reinforce and then obviously manaru can then pass tokens over to maul uh bosk in the headhunter was awesome uh for three points you get bosk with predator marksmanship and hull upgrade and you know he's almost like with with such a big threat with maul and manaru like people kind of forget about Bosk, and then suddenly he rolls round range one bullseye shot, and you know he's pushing through some good damage there. And then I had um, Arhav in the mining guild, who was just uh, a two point. I'll go and hold objectives for you. Great. I don't think yeah. did I actually play. I don't think I played any medium or large ships all day. No. There was a few people who were using them, but it, mm -hmm. they weren't common um, on the thing. So, I mean, we played, was it round three? Yeah. Um, we played, which was the... Um, the crates. Uh, the, the crates or the salvage mission towing. Um, and I think that was just a bad... Um, like, it's a good it's a good mission for me, and it's yeah. a bad mission for you, because you can't coordinate or be coordinated when you're towing. You can't do advanced maneuvers, which means the gauntlet can't stop, um, yeah. which we discovered halfway through our well, game. Yeah, luckily, we, we discovered a turn before I was about to fly off the board, and then I was able to jettison, you know, I did my two forward um, uh, white maneuver, because obviously a real a advanced maneuver can't do it. And luckily, there was enough space for me to drift forward, eject the the crate and then spin round but no absolutely like so for, uh, for those who don't know maul's got a, a pilot ability that when you take a coordinate action you can spend a force to uh, make it white or purple i guess by spinning the force but um so it's not stressful and if you target a uh, ship with a low initiative than you you can target a second one now they do get a strain um, but I was able to get some, you know, interesting shenanigans going around with like Hondo coordinating as well, like just chaining actions around, um, making sure that we could get, um, you know, a double modded iron torpedo off Manaru occasionally was quite fun. Um, so yeah, there's nice, there's some tricks in this list, but then, yeah, you run into the salvage mission and suddenly, oh yeah, you can't do your tricks. Yeah, was, yeah. I, I couldn't coordinate any of my ships, and it suddenly I, I did feel the uh, lack of mods in that game. Yeah, um, cool, cool. Um, so we, we've been through our lists, and um, 
we had a bit of a chat about um, the the guy who who came second. Who I don't know what his real name is, but um, he's uh, Ham, it's Ham Damawa on uh, on TTT. Dave Hammond, Dave from Milton Keynes Way. Yeah. Okay. So he, he, he travelled up with like Ian Wardle and that. Yeah, he came, okay. he, he came and spoke to me uh, because obviously he'd he'd like heard me talking about. I think certainly maybe the two point five, but um, certainly like previously in in two point zero when I was running like the five high advance and stuff so yeah it's uh nice to see and, and i think you know like with games expo on the horizon you know if i can't find something else i like then that is you know, it'd be a very similar list i might run um i just want to call out one other list if you want to look at the list you can look at um board and brom x-wing april 2022 or just search for board in brom um on uh, TTT and the lists are all there and they're open to, to view. But I just want to talk about Toby Harris's list, who came, I think he came third. And um, I think his only loss of the day was to you, Liam, in, in round four. Yeah. Um, his list is, um, it deserves calling out because he had a three ship list, um, <coughs> which obviously we all know can't work um, because that's what the internet has told us. Um, so he was flying, <laughs> he was flying Boba Fett. Um, Maul in the gauntlet, and then a two-point fellowship in Drew Shalak. So Boba Fett is a 10-point ship. He had Fearless Auto Blasters, False Transponder Codes, Hull Upgrade, Slave One, The Child, and Veteran Tail Gunner. And then Maul had Notorious, The Mandalorian. So that's the Reinforce plus Regening Force, kind of. Um, uh, no, that's not going to affect. It's just the Reinforced turning it white. Uh, Zam Wessel for um, double taps, we all know Zam. Gar Saxon for shenanigans with, is that dropping red tokens to give an extra roll an extra dice? Something like that. False Transponder goes a Night Brother and Swivel Wing. So really loaded down to, well, one one big base ship, one medium uh, base ship and he's done really well with that. Toby's a very good player. Um, he's finished well at a number of different tournaments. Um, I can't understand how he went three and zero with this before losing in the last round. It it makes right, no I'm sense to me. Speaking about this, yeah. And basically, uh, in basic terms, he wrecked face with it. He just hit things <laughs> hard and hit them often. I mean, Bob is one of the most consistent hitters in the game. Yeah. Uh, so he's probably going to get four hits at range one, especially when he's sitting on two force. Uh, if you get a hit on him, one of those fours comes back. So if you get three hits, he's probably going to get two evades and a force back. Mm-hmm. So it's like a budget maul. And Boba with maul was disgusting anyway. So what did you uh, do to him in, in three rounds that made him concede on the last on the last round? Well, I think, what was the last round? It was Scramble, wasn't it? Yeah. So <clears throat> I pired maul mm-hmm. to slow him down. Uh, I ended up getting four objectives to his one. The second turn, it was four objectives to one, but I killed and drew. Mm-hmm. And then the next turn, I had five, uh, five uh, objective points coming my way because I'd scrambled all five, and he only had two ships. And I asked yeah. him, I was like, do you want to call it here? And he went, yeah, I can't come back from this. So, like, you were 15-3 up or something? Uh, like... Yeah, pretty much. I was fifteen three up. Or he'd killed some ship, maybe, but no, nope, I still had everything alive. Okay. 
So yeah, I mean there was probably one more one more turn of play left at that point anyway, wasn't there? It was going to be at max two. Yeah. So. Yeah, I suppose that's the problem with the three ship list for things like scramble. Um, to a lesser extent, the towing one. Um, but also definitely for um, satellite array zone control one is that you've got a three ship list. Um, so you can only be competing um a limited number of those um objectives um per turn and if somebody's got seven ships they can just zoom off and compete the other ones so always be ahead of you so you do need to wreck face to win um so cool um yeah but i thought it deserved calling out and it's interesting to have the child on boba because you really don't want to be shooting boba boba yeets himself into range one of you and then has all of his normal normal boba nonsense but he's got regenerating force so if you do push a damage on him great all you've done is give him a force back so he can use it later um, yeah. So, and you know, he's perfectly happy with that state of affairs, I suspect. Um, so, yeah, um, we talked a little bit about data that we've got. So, what we've done is we've gone through all of the um, lists. Um, we've gone through the TTT stuff because in TTT at the moment, when you're um, score- recording the score of a game, um, you have these um, you have these options to put in how many rounds you played and whether or not the game went to time. Um, So what we've done is we've captured that for each of the rounds um, and then some information about lists. So what do you want to go? Should we go through the list, the the interesting list facts first? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so average number of ships. Should we play it? Should we do a quiz, pub quiz? I reckon reckon four, four and a half. Four and a half. Liam? Uh, I'm going to go five. Tim? What was the question again? Average number of ships? Mm, five. Yeah, so across the entire event, it was 5.03 ships. In top eight, it was 5.12. Uh, well, 5.13 really, rounding up, because 5.125. So, uh, yeah, the most common um, ship count was five, so the mode of ship count. Um, there was one three-ship list. There was uh, eight four ship lists, 13 five ship lists, nine six ship lists, one seven ship lists, and nobody brought eight ships. So there was nobody flying uh, Tice one, basically. Um, so yeah, uh, so five ships. Um, and uh, there was uh, average rounds versus number of ships, which was something that um, I looked at, which I thought was it'd be interesting to know. There is a drop off in the average number of rounds <clears throat> based on the number of ships that you have. Apart from the guy with seven ships, who was the guy who came second, whose name I've forgotten again. Dave? Damien? Dave Hammond. Dave, um, who was properly slapping his dials down because he got six rounds on average over each of his four games, even though he was the only person with seven ships. So he got through to seven, uh, he got through to uh, six rounds, uh, seven rounds in one game, I think. Um, you know, the other reason that might be as well is that his list is a lot simpler because yeah. he's literally got an upgrade on those on those ships. Like I I know that I had what nine upgrades on more, and so that did affect you know occasionally what manoeuvres I did or you know I was sort of thinking about like what order I do stuff. Whereas I think yeah, if you've got a much simpler list, then you can probably make those decisions a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Possibly, possibly true. Um, next interesting thing fact to look at. Um, average number of uh, no, I was going to say average number of rounds played. Um, so Liam, your average number of rounds played was three point five. Just so you're aware. 
Um, yeah, I figured it'd be quite low. <laughs> but the um, the average number of rounds that were played um, comes in at five, basically just just over five. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's, it's like five point zero one or something like that. So it's uh, it's very clear that five five ships and five rounds is the average for a game of X-wing at the minute. Um, it does change um, across the across the different rounds. There is some some variety. Um, some of the scenarios favour um, longer. Um, uh, lo- longer uh, games, uh, more rounds, I should say, rather than longer games, and some of them favour shorter. Um, but um, big shout out to, um, I think there was one one player who went over six, six and a half. Um, yeah, um, but uh, I think the most rounds we had played all day was eight um, in one of the uh, in one of the scenarios. Uh, one game in one scenario. So we're going to go through the rounds one by one then. Um, and again, we've got some interesting bits and bobs um, <clears throat> that have come out of it. Oh, I've got a frog in my throat. I do apologise. <coughs> Get rid of the frog. It's gone. I don't need any more Frenchmen here. Hey! Um, so, um... Azure racism! <laughs> I was saying, um, Richard, I thought better of you. <laughs> and Will's not even here for us to say it's fine, he's French. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, um, is he French? Is he though? I still don't believe him, and I've met his French dad. He's a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so satellite array was the first event. So the the way that the event was run was um, that the but we played each of the four scenarios once, um, and it was random which one we played when. So round one was satellite array. Um, on average, we played four point eight rounds this turn. Some heroes played seven, uh, but uh, and. A couple of games went to two, so Liam's was one of them, and then there was another uh, table. It was just next to us where the guy was using an FO bomber dial instead of a Tie BA dial, and he conceded because he felt like he was cheating and he was being honourable. And his opponent was going, <laughs> "Mate, mate, you're using a worse dial. It's fine." And he was like, "No, I resign. <laughs> you can have it. I shouldn't be allowed." And everybody that was just sparkles, going, wasn't it? It was Dave so, Ponting, and I said, "Yeah, to him, sparkles." I was like, you're an absolute mug. I don't understand why you've conceded. You handicapped yourself, you shot yourself in both knees and then said, effectively, you had an unfair advantage. I will concede. <laughs> I, I can't wrap my head around it. I had to lend him a doll for the rest of the day. But I was just it's like, fantastic. what are you It's a fantastic interceptor that can only go do blue straights. Let's go. But he effectively uh, used the, the Von Reg that everyone thinks is bad. <laughs> he, Bless him. he put it into full practice and I was I was, I mean I'm not going to lie fair play to him and his opponent I think they just played a ship v ship just to pass the time and that yeah. looked quite fun especially when he had the right dial to do so uh, but yeah I, I, I don't understand why why he bailed on the uh on the game entirely, he could have just well, swapped dolls mid-game. Honor, he's honourable. That's what it is, Liam. Honourable man. No such thing. Anyway, of these games, satellite array that went to time, five went to time, uh, and eleven uh, didn't. So, satellite array finished with a lot of people kind of getting their twenty points before uh, before time was called. Um, as a result, most of the scores were around about 20. Um, somebody got 25, which is, you know, a ship kill in the last turn, uh, plus satellites. 
Uh, some have got 24, some have got 26. But uh, the average number of points scored in Satellite Ray was 20 um, by the winner and 11 by the loser. Um, so there was a, a delta of like about nine and a half points on winner versus loser in Satellite Ray. So most of the games were close. There was a couple that weren't at all close. But yeah, like a nine point delta was... Um, like it's it's a significant win. I think Satellite Ray is one where it does snowball very very quickly. Um, any thoughts about any of those crazy stats? Oh, no. Go. Cool. I'll move. What was my score? Uh, can you remember what table you were on in round one? Because I didn't pull uh, names across. <laughs> it was sixteen. I think it was like the bottom table. Uh, sixteen. Uh, so you had seven rounds. You didn't go to time. It was twenty-two fourteen and an eight-point difference. So my opponent. Uh, I won't name and shame, uh, basically didn't play the scenario to start with and sort of set up on one flank to joust. And after three turns, just let me get, I think, a 12-1 lead. And at that point, it was like, well, I didn't. I felt I didn't even need to play the game. And yeah. I, could, I could actually just peel away and just score a couple of points a turn. Um, I mean, I did play. I think we exchanged some ships. Um, but I think that, you know, that is the big thing to sort of people getting into 2.5 is you've got to play the scenario and think about scoring yeah. points. Um, you know, and I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's massive. Like Liam says, like, if he can go out there and like get four points in the first turn and maybe four points in the second turn, you know, that's eight out of 20 for, for his win condition. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's ma massive. Yeah. Um, it, it reminds me of my, my round two game. We'll come on to that. It was chance engagement. Um, I, Having lost round one very, very narrowly to Ollie Williams, um, I was paired up against a guy called Josh Hall. Um, so he was using like a four ship rebel jousting li list, and it was an absolutely horrible um, thing. Um, but he set up, but it was chance engagement, he set up in one corner um, because it, you know, I, I think it's because it's like a normal X Wing game almost, but with that central objective. And I realized that he was setting up in the corner. So I just put one of my ships to just zoom into range two i thought to myself i can get a couple of freebies here if if he sets up the way i think he's going to um and he did and i got three points before the engagement started so then when he halved ahsoka she should have died um she didn't um when he halved her um he got a couple of points there and picked up another point somewhere else but by that point we'd started trading ships um but i started up by um I started up the game up by three points because he set up in one corner. So even on chance engagement, you need to be aware that there are three points on the board for your opponent if you don't put yourself in a position to stop your opponent from getting them. And you don't need to be in range one of that central objective. You just need to be a little bit inside of the rocks in order to in order to, to just stop your opponent. It doesn't matter who's got most ships in chance engagement as long as you have one ship in range two of that thing. Um, you don't you don't give up free points. So um, chance engagement, actually, this is a weird one. One game didn't go to time. 15 did. Um, on average, there was 5.6 turns, but the most common number of turns was six. Um, and uh, yeah, again, a couple of heroes played seven or eight rounds um, in that one. Um, and the... Most common, well, the average score for the winner was 12 and a quarter points to 6.3 points for the loser. So, 
these are games that aren't going to time. In fact, only two of the games went over 20 points. Um, so the the one that obviously didn't go to time, and then one of the ones that um, time ticked um, as the, the the winner went over 20. So, um, yeah, it's a very, very different scenario, that one. Very, very different um, in terms of how it plays out. Um, so I think it's something to be aware of when you're playing. Any perspectives on chain chance engagement? Uh, I've got one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the changes to the list building and everything uh, has actually managed to make chance engagement feel a little bit blur. It doesn't have the same spark 2.0 had. Is that just the volume of ships and upgrades and things that's in it? Because it's fundamentally the same game. Yeah, I think it's because you're being forced, because you don't want to give up three points, you're being forced into uh, that kind of middle of the board joust where you have to stay within zero or two of that objective to ensure you're not giving giving anything up. Uh, I think when we get used to that, though, that range two bubble, you'll probably be able to just pop a ship in there and... You know, just whatever ship has been sort of your your runner. Because, like, in my list, I had the A-Wing to just run, go and get objectives while the others sort of battled it out. You'd probably be able to just pop that A-Wing in just to stop the points and then do whatever you were going to do anyway. Yeah, it doesn't have the same spark. Or what? I I, I genuinely think, Liam, as we we discussed yesterday, that you personally can't draw... Uh, a conclusion about whether or not tournament play in version 2.5 is fun for you because you didn't play a lot of X-Wing on on Saturday. Um, There was two hours, 15 minutes where I didn't actually get to play because my opponents conceded. Yeah. And I mean, that is personal. You know, this is what I've experienced. This is my experience of X-Wing as a whole. But chance engagement was the game Chance engagement was the game of yours that went to time, so yes. that's the game that where where you actually played through the the five rounds or whatever it was that you played. Yeah, I think it was the one I enjoyed the most, but that's because I probably played the most X Wing. So anyway, chance engagement—it's weird, uh, very weird, very different to the other scenario-based objectives. Um, salvage mission, which is towing, which is the game I played. Tim, um, half of the games went to time, half didn't. Five turns, basically on the nose. Um, and the winners, this is the game where the winners all got over 21, uh, all, all got 21 points and the losers all got kind of 11 and a bit. So there's like a 10 point difference between winners and losers on, on average across the tables. <laughs> um, apart from Ben and Dave, who drew 19 each. <laughs> Sad times. I thought I'd got yeah. that one. That was close. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you were, the, well, you were one of the eight, the eight that went to time. So... Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's interesting to see that the majority of the um, the games there were no super long ones, and I think that indicates that salvage is a mission where you spend a lot of time making decisions, and you know, because you're thinking, right, I need to shoot that ship, I need to get multiple shots to try and push a crit to try and make them drop a thing. Um, I think there's an awful lot of consideration about what you should or shouldn't be doing with your ships in that one. I, I um, love that scenario. That's my favourite out of all of them. Um, that just the, with the crit, it seems a bit more random. And like when me and Dave were playing, 
he'd ping one off me and then I'd ping one off him randomly and it, it just was it added a bit of excitement to it. Yeah. I quite like the objectives moving around as well. Yeah, more more like this. It feels it feels tactical when you ping one off somebody. Yeah. Um, and I, and I then put it somewhere awkward. It. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you or you can put it somewhere where one of your ships could just one straight and pick it up next turn. Yeah, exactly. Um or you know you pick right, right well I can't get it. I, I love slamming them right next to the board edge. Um <laughs> Like, yeah, I can get that. I can be within range one of it easily. But if I'm going to go and pick, if you're going to go and pick it up, you need to show me your butt. And then, and then, and then I got Obi-Wan Kenobi with an auto plastic. I told you before, <laughs> buy me a few drinks and I will show you my butt. You don't even need me to buy you drinks, to be honest, Ben. Just ask you nicely. Um, well, you are my friend. Um, some, something interesting. So here's, here's one for the, for the day for you. What is the highest score? anybody achieved over the course of the day in winning the game it's got to be more than 26 because i'm sure i scored 26 in my last one and you didn't tell me it was me <laughs> so i'm so gonna say 28 yeah. 32 i was gonna shoot 27 i was gonna I'm say 28 high. okay it was 27 i believe so yeah, twenty-seven, and it was in uh, it was in salvage mission. So it was a it was a big win. It was a twenty-seven to eight win. Um, so it was a, a proper thumper. But it uh, wasn't the biggest margin of victory. Um, the biggest margin of victory was a twenty-six to six uh, for a twenty-point win. Um, that I, again on salvage. Um, no, it was on salvage where you drew with Dave. Okay. Um, so. I haven't. I've anonymized these so that we're not talking about names constantly because that would just get confusing. Um, Sorry, I'm about... lying anyway. I got 24. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's unlikely. It's it's difficult to get over like 25 points, or it's unlikely, and it really happens in. It can happen in salvage if you've picked up three or four objectives and then you kill a ship and you've got a high score before that. You know that round happens where you you know where you where you go over i think the highest score i've ever had in 2.5 was 35 which was ridiculous because i started off on 14 but then i killed uh oh no 17 and then i killed like 14 points worth of ship and then also had a bunch of objectives and i was like yeah that's just daft that that's just weird that but i think technically the highest score you can have is 20 so if you if you have 19 objective points and then you kill all 20 points of their list in the last turn and then you have all five objectives you can get 44 points so that's a bounty for the next Sith taker open is to get over 40 points i think in a single round <laughs> um possibly um but it's interesting so yeah salvage mission again is an interesting one but a lot more kind of evenly balanced i think but again it does appear that when people win they win like it snowballs and there's a 10 point differential between uh, the winner and the loser so you know it's close until suddenly it isn't um and the game finishes which i think happens when a high value ship dies um i think is is not often the trigger point for that um so the last one which was scramble the transmissions again five rounds on average 11 games did not go to time five games did uh, and the average score was twenty-one and a half to thirteen point four. So, yeah, again, average difference of eight points. 
So it's in, I mean, these, these numbers, we can, um, we've got them on a Google Doc. We can stick a link to them into the show notes so that, um, and open them up so that anybody with the link can go and have a, have a look through them um, just for a bit of interest. If, you know, people want to use the data, cut it around however they want, then feel free, not precious about it. Um, it's very, very basic stuff, um, but it's been interesting for me to kind of spend the day looking through it, looking for little interesting factoids. Um, but like finding out that the average game of X-Wing in 2.5 is five rounds with five ships versus five ships. And on average, you'll win by about, one of you will win by about 10 points. Um, it's kind of right. Okay, we, we know what average is now. <laughs> let's, let's, see if we can, let's see if we can work towards being above that average when we're playing games. So um, does that spark any thoughts from any of you? Nope, good. No. Silence. I'm gonna say as well that I don't I don't like the draw thing either. I'd have rather either won that game or lost it by a roll at the end. No, yeah. I hate draws. Um yeah, it didn't my... do it. I mean, it just made me and him at the top of the two and the twos. So Yeah, draws for me yeah. should only matter in a league format. <clears throat> uh, the only reason draws were a thing in this because it was the official tournament document yeah, we were yeah. trying to use. But then as a TO AMG are very, very much, or appear to be very much in the ballpark of, you know, you're the TO man, do what you want. Um, you know, they're they're not as prescriptive about their their tournament as um, as FFG were. There's like a four page tournament guideline, and most of it is rules about you know being nice to your opponent and you know being a, a good sport and that kind of thing. Um, and there's nothing about you know the mechanics of running the event. So. You know, how do you want to organize your cut? Do what you want. How do you want to do your time tiebreaker? Do what you want. Um, you know, how do you want to run your event? Do what you want. How many rounds should we play? Whatever. It's fine. You know, so that what we can fall back on, you know, the guidance that used to exist from FFG um, for like round times and that kind of stuff, which is sensible. But, um, you know, if we are running an event in the future and we decide that draws are dumb, then we just say, you know, if you get to the end of your your round, then you know, do a do a final salvo. If you're why drawing. not just do a road roll? We've got a simple. Yeah. So then nobody is getting any advantage from yeah. You know, bringing that, in the It's all the same. Yeah, I it's think that's in the. Um, cost, yeah, that's in the um, the cut. That that's in the the tournament guides as well for for how you resolve, um, like a, a game that's in the cut. Um, and I'm not sure if it was just for Adepticon, but yeah, they did. They did say it was a single road roll, um, and the person who wins first player wins the game. And you know that's fine because what you can do is, if you do that in Swiss, you can just say, right, well, if you re- win the road roll, you get one extra point. So if it's 19 each, it's a 2019. The person doesn't, or you just put it in as 1919 with a winner rather than a draw. Um, you know, it's it's fine, <laughs> fine, it works, but um, and it makes things a lot cleaner. And it also means that um, poor people don't miss cut because they, you know, draw a game um, rather than going four and one or five and one. So, yeah, if um, it was a cut, I'd have been really annoyed out because we'd drawn. Yeah, I think but it, we'd have probably just rolled for it on the quiet. Yeah, I think if there'd been a cut, I, then I don't think a, that's a good point to put people in. No, it's not. But you know, that's what's going to happen if they continue oh, yeah. to. If they continue to have draws in Swiss at the big events, then you know experienced players will just say to their opponent, you know, time time's been called and we're drawing. So 
they basically shafts both of us at this point. So do you want to just roll off so that one of us can at least continue to progress? Um, and if the other person goes, no, 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 it's draw, and I'm fine with that, then it's like, okay, shrugs, whatever. But most other players would be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, so let's do that. I'd be happy with uh, up in the draw value to two. That means if you win win four or win win three and draw two, you still make cut, so you, you haven't lost. Yeah, it depends how you're... Um, it depends how you're arranging who makes cut so if you're doing the um you know if all the five and ones or all the four and ones or whatever it's going to be make cut and it and then we sort it out the next day um then it, it doesn't matter uh because you know if you win or draw it or uh, sorry if you draw or lose um it's you know you've you've got your five wins because that's how they did it at adepticon was you needed 15 tournament points to to proceed and you got 15 tournament points by getting five wins um and there was only six games so if you got four wins and two draws you got 14 tournament points and you didn't progress um yeah. so you know they they very clearly were like well a draw is basically a loss at this point um if they dropped it and said actually you know 14 tournament points get you through so if you have got four wins and two draws then you will qualify um then you enter the sticky world of intentional draws and people saying oh well if we draw here we both qualify because we'll both be uh you know four and two um uh, four two zero um whereas if one of us wins then the other one goes out um, that's why it's thing. best to do a roll off or something just yeah. the, the draws seem pointless they do they, um, you they might do. as well just say we both lost because that's what's happened there yeah i mean it happened to um the friend of the podcast chris patrick um at adepticon he was yeah. one of he was the guy who, who drew and he missed cut because he drew um and you know, there was nothing he could do about it because, you know, the 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 route the, the his opponent just went, Oh well, I guess it's a draw and picked up the score sheet, handed it in and then wandered off before Chris could go, Shall we roll off so we don't both get knocked out? <laughs> um so See, if I if I'd have rolled the win, I would have come top of um the three and the ones because of strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. I don't know. I just I just don't like the draws. No, because you would have lost your fourth round game if you'd beaten Dave on that one. So it's fine. Maybe, but you know. Yeah, you'd have played someone decent. Well, also, your strength of schedule would have changed because. Yeah, Dave, no, Dave I'm only going off a rough look. Yeah. But, you know, the people above me are all losers anyway. <laughs> so, seen okay. anyone I don't know who I've just insulted. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. I don't um, care. So we've 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 just run through that. Um, I just want to say that um, it was brilliant to be in a room of people playing X Wing again because obviously the Sith Taker Open was um, I wasn't playing, um, so you know, and, and there were other things to to worry about and think about. Um, but actually getting to go out just for the day and play a game of X Wing and play you know four rounds of two point five um, with people and mm-hmm. it was great that everybody who was there was giving it um, a proper try. There weren't people kind of engaging in the game in bad faith or trying to prove that it was bad by playing the way that they were playing everybody was kind of you know there to enjoy themselves and and have fun um i was having a quick conversation with steve bolton um as well it's lovely to see him um no, he's, he said, he's you got know, to tell he's, everyone he's a bad man he doesn't like people to know he's nice <laughs> he was he was he was pleasantly surprised this was his first foray into 2.5 and he said you know he's, he was pleasantly surprised by it um and as well as that it was lovely to see um fishy um so i was fishy. just about to shout him out for yeah. coming on the day and learning the game as he was playing and yeah, still going three and one yeah because he hadn't played version two never mind 2.5 um yeah so, played two 
He played a handful of games, but not very many. It won, he played loads. No, he, he, he basically dropped out after the Nationals he won, where he beat Tom in the final, which was the was last at Worlds? Nationals I'm about to say he was at Worlds. I, he was at Worlds, and I've been in a, two hyperspace what trials is? with him. Oh, well, there you go. Then. <laughs> so, it's, any of the listeners, not... just ignore what's just been said by Rich. Right. So, so, okay, Fishy had never played 2.5 before. That's then. fair. There you go. And and had not played very much version two. That's not even do, true. He didn't That's do online. That's not true. Stop listen, lying. You're lying, he, though. No, listen. He you're didn't just lying. Do... Stop it. Right, ben, I know you're not drunk, but you're behaving like you are. So no, but you're lying. <laughs> no, can, can, I, can I finish saying the words that are going to come out of my mouth, which aren't untrue, before you tell me that they are? He hasn't played much in the last two years because he hasn't been doing TTS because of all that stuff. So he hasn't played for like two and a half years almost at all because he hasn't done TTS apart from, a, you know, maybe it's a handful of kitchen table games or whatever. So it was great to see him back in and enjoying himself. And as you said, learning the game as he goes. So, um, yeah. And it was great to see everybody else that we know. And I'm not going to name check everybody because I'll forget about them. And I'm just going to apologize to Tim and Johnny <laughs> Hall, fellow sense takers for, for friendly fire. Um, because it's never good when you see one of the people that you play on a regular basis pop up opposite you on the on the standings. It's like, oh, right, okay. <laughs> well, this is a different type of a game. So, yeah, cool. Um, any shout-outs from you guys for the, the Board and Brum event? Liam, you've probably got a million. Uh, <laughs> not a million. I'm, I'm going to shout-out Adam for running the event. Uh, shout-out to Leah Prince as well of Bilston, who did all of our... Uh, little printouts of these scenario cards and the little cheat sheets. Uh, they were fantastic. They got everything to us quickly uh, and communicated well and gave us a very good price on that as well. So I've got to shout out a lot of respect for those guys. Uh, my opponents uh, in Dave Sutcliffe, Daniel Athey, Toby Harris and Jordan Bishop. Uh, I enjoyed playing you guys, uh, even if it was... Three of them were very short-lived games. Uh, I think all they really did were highlight how extreme 2.5 games can go, uh, but not the general vibe of 2.5 from uh, the statistics that we've just heard. Uh, but yeah, it was. I enjoyed being there. The event itself, I enjoyed. There was a few hiccups at the end when I had to do a few things, but <laughs> let's be honest, when you put an idiot in charge, it's never going to go well. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like the vibe was really good. Uh, everyone seemed to be quite happy, and that's that's ultimately that's what we're there for. So yeah, yeah. big shout out to everyone. Yeah, it was a good. Uh, it was definitely a good, uh, a, a well, a well run event, and um, it's a great store. Um, Board and Roman, and we've talked about it before. Um, but it's it's almost like the second home for the Sith takers now because we've got a good community of people who've worn our colours and you know represented us at different events who who play out of there um on a regular basis so it's almost like the second outpost now i've forgotten his name but the, the guy who owns it is a really nice bloke as well um, what's it dave uh, it's simon yeah. coldrick that's it i'm not very good with names but no but yeah, he's like he's just like oh is it gonna run late cool i'm gonna leave the keys with someone i'm going now <laughs> <laughs> like he did it after um uh, craig's, craig's event, event yeah. Yeah, he just left us the keys like yeah carry on drinking here and when you're done just lock up. It's fine. <laughs> Honestly, like, Simon is one of the loveliest people I know when it comes yeah. to I think the reason he owns the shop is because he wanted... Well, he had too much hobby stuff. So when you've got too much hobby stuff, you just open up a store, right? 
<laughs> I wish it was that easy, Liam. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a little sh- uh, store in Bolton that is basically a guy who had too much hobby stuff and he got a really cheap lease on a really, really skaggy place. And he basically just put all his stuff in it and then realised it could be a shop and he could make money. So he started selling oh, proper, old, proper old one. Uh, not not even that one. This is uh, he, he sells Yu-Gi-Oh cards and proper old man um, war gaming supplies. Um, <laughs> so all those little Napoleonic four hundred seventy three thousand miniatures required to um, a- accurately recreate the the Battle of Waterloo and stuff. Um, it's all that kind of stuff. And him and him and two of his mates just basically sitting there all day painting sh- uh, painting. I was going to say painting ships, but not ships, little men. Um, and occasionally people go in and go, you're a game store. Do you sell Magic the Gathering cards? And he goes, yep. <laughs> and then tries to find them <laughs> in the piles of stuff that he's got sitting around him. <laughs> I thought you stopped because <laughs> you were about to swear. <laughs> no. Well, no, I was about to say the wrong word. But um, <laughs> Have you any shout outs from the weekend at all, Ben? Uh, just that it was great to see everyone. There's, there's like lots of people there who I, whose company I enjoy and rich. Um, <laughs> no, but it was just nice to be in a room with a load of nerds. Have I cut out, or has Ben cut no, out? Ben. Uh, ben cut out. I cut out. Okay. Where'd you get up to? Nerds. No, everyone heard it's fine. I like okay. you all, it's fine. All right. <laughs> um, uh, Tim, have you any shout-outs? Uh, I think I did most of mine on obviously the Facebook post, but I'll just... Uh, less of a shout-out, but more of a nice thing to think about, and, and obviously is what uh, I think Adam... Uh, Liam and Borden Brom did well. Was the the cheat sheets? Uh, I think they were from. Is it Fly Better originally? Um, yeah, ha- having those beside the table, which basically summarised the main like the main rules changes. We had scenario cards each round so that we could have a quick reference. You know what the scenario rules were and how they played. And the venue also had um, a pack of objective tokens for every table as well. Um, so that you know, like any venue out there that's considering you know, promoting and supporting 2.5 events going forwards. Nice touches like that just make it a lot easier for the players and the TO to obviously deliver the events. Yeah, you, I, w- I was going to mention those. You, d- you don't need to give people range one and a half rulers either because you can fold the corners of the mats in to find the middle. What you what you need to give people is the objective tokens um, just simply because a lot of players haven't spent the money that they need to buy um, aftermarket ones or haven't bought one of the two packs that they come in. So, um, you know, just having them there. And I mean, there was loads. There was like 15 in each pack or something. And some of them were like three-dimensional with cool little things on them. And some of them were flat with symbols on them and stuff. So, you know, you could pick and choose the ones that you wanted to use um, based on what the uh, what the scenario was that you were playing. Um, and yeah, as you said, the cheat sheets were great. I, I mean, I didn't need them because of, played quite a lot of games of 2.5 but there were quite a few people in the room who were i could see people referring to them on a regular basis and the little scenario cards with the specific rules and stuff on were really really good as well so yeah, yeah. i wasn't aware people were actually using them, to be honest uh, i got to a certain point i was like are these, are these just a, a dead expense but hearing that you actually saw people use them uh that's that's a satisfying to be honest but it's it i mean it's never even if nobody uses them the fact that they're there means that if somebody is new and needs to refer to them they can and that means that they're useful um and even that you know that the whole way through somebody might at some point go do i take a a crit from a debris or if i roll a crit or is it just a hit because they changed the rules on that so just having 
those key rules just sitting there so that rather than turning around and shouting for a judge or asking people around you, you can just, you know, go one second, let's have a read. Um, which was funny because um, I think it was Steve Bolton asked a question about what happened in X situation to Tim. And Tim just said, it's, it's literally written on a card next to you, Steve. <laughs> Steve was like, I don't yeah. read. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't trying to be rude to Steve. But no, I know. I know. You <laughs> totally should be, though, because he likes it. But, but yeah, like, uh, you know, I know it is a lot easier just to ask and get someone to say yes or no. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, if that information's there, hopefully people can. Like, for me, I think, I, you know, I, I just use rocks. So every now and again, if I came across a gas cloud or whatever, I'd probably just double check, oh, what's that do again? And just yeah. until, until I'm sort of really certain about what the rules do. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And that it's good. So. Awesome. Yeah. Cheers, Tim. Um, uh, I think that's us done then. Um, it's been a bit of a long one, but we've been mostly well behaved. Um, so um, shouldn't be too much editing for Tim to do. Um, so I'm just going to um, finish off by saying again, congratulations to Liam for um, adding another bit of metal to his collection of bits of metal that he can... It's a fine have. addition to my collection. Before the uh, podcast happened, I did try and do a really cheap approach to a photoshop and put my face in general grievous and then change his lightsabers for coins but then uh i got sidetracked by a pigeon <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the photoshop picture liam's done by the way oh yeah of, of, of him me. handing, him handing himself take, a coin <laughs> yeah I take no credit that was mike upton i was like mike can you do this and he's like yeah yeah i'll sort it <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just turned up the next day i was like that is magic <laughs> literally just reverse that picture of him <laughs> It's fine. It's good. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh, what did oh, I say? Uh, I said, uh, "What?" Obviously, we've kind of done some shout-outs and stuff, but I don't know if he listens. I don't know if he ever will. I'd like to shout out Mike Ordage. He turned up to the store randomly <laughs> with some stuff in his car. Uh, we'd end up having drops that put us down to thirty-one. He was like, "Can I play?" We were always going to make space for him, but the fact that he bumped us up to 32 again after a few drops was massive. Like, we were thankful for it, but he'd never played a 2.5 game before. And the fact that he came in, yes, he didn't do amazing. He won a game. He enjoyed it. Did he? He won a game. Yeah. He won a three. He said he enjoyed it and he wants to play some more. And that's the kind of thing we want to promote at Board in Brum. Even if you're not aware of the rules, we will try and run an event where it is accessible for people who just want to turn up and play. Fantastic. Now you've got to tell him. Now you've got to tell him that you've given him a shout out on the podcast so we get an extra download. <laughs> I'll just download it twice to make it. <laughs> so on that happy note, then it's going to be goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye from Ben. Toodles. Goodbye from Liam, who can go and drink some water. I think the hangover's <laughs> already hit me. Toodles, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's goodbye from me. Bye-bye. Yo.